Hey, what's going on out there? What's happening, people? This is Big B, Brian Hanley, and welcome again to Let's Talk Ball. So, you know, I get a lot of emails, get a lot of things coming in that people want to kind of have conversations about. One of the reasons that we like our sports, we like to see the dominant player, the dominant team who has sustained excellence and things of that nature. So I get a lot of these emails and, you know, one topic that came to mind that I'd kind of put together that we're going to talk about today are the dynasties. Let's talk ball. Broken up by Tato. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. Here's Jordan. Yes. Secretariat has opened the 22 length lead. Five ball deep left field. Yes, there, there. She goes. Touchdown. He did what? this all together you know obviously you got to have some sort of criteria and I came up with that as well you know for me personally you got to have sustained success obviously you got to win you know titles kind of go without saying you also got to have some hall of fame players you know obviously to be a part of that the hall of fame players is gonna refer more to professional ranks now we'll talk a little bit about some college teams I go but you got to have great players obviously if you don't have great players you're not going to win anyway so that kind of goes without saying coaches clearly factor into it there are some sports that uh, the coaching matters more than in other sports I mean that's just a fact and the last criteria for me is it's got to be post-world war ii now before anybody says anything I don't want to hear it Oh, Brian, you know, you know, they keep the records then too. People were playing then and all this. You shouldn't just discount it. Hey, 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 I'm not trying to hear that. All right. You call me biased, call me whatever you want, but the best players weren't playing pre-World War II. And I think we all know why that just didn't happen. And for me, when you let the brothers get in there, let the brothers, let them get a, a, a part of this. That's when things started counting. Now, I know I'm trying to be funny about it, but at the same time, isn't that true? Post-World War II, for the most part, I mean, some sports, it took a little longer than others, but they let us play. And what I mean, the bro- I mean, they let everybody play. You know, if you could play, they let you in. Now, I mean, it, like I said, some sports, some institutions, some franchises, they took longer than others. But that's my criteria of sticking to it. That's the way we're going to be. So uh, let's get rolling on this. So a couple of them, you know, and again, my expertise, you all know that it's not every sport. So I know I'm not going to be talking a whole lot about hockey. I don't know a lot about hockey and I'm definitely not going to be talking about soccer, but hockey, you know, anybody can do a Google search and see that Montreal is one of the most titles. Uh, Toronto, while they haven't won in a while, you know, they've won a ton of titles. You know, when you think about dynasties, you think about 
the Edmonton teams of the 80s with Gretzky. Now, if you think back, I said best player. And as you guys know, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time. He was part of that dynasty for Edmonton. So I'm not an expert on that. So I'm not here to tell you, hey, 100% that's who it is. But that's my belief. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm sticking to. Another one, that, just real quick, is tennis. Now, tennis is a little different individual sport. And, you know, there's a lot of men out there. You say, hey, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. You can't really say that though they were dynasties. And while they have won a ton of majors, you know, Pete Sampras and those guys, other people got to eat while they were going through their run. I mean, Federer and Nadal, there's an argument to be made on which one is the greatest ever. So if you're making that argument, how could one possibly have a bigger dynasty or this big of a dynasty versus the next guy? Come on now. You can't. So I cancel them out. But you know the tennis player that you can say that had the dynasty? Serena. And it ain't even close. And while you might say, hey, but her sister Venus, and Venus was great. Not good. Venus was great. Serena was on a whole nother level. She just was. She's on a whole nother level than everybody else. And she she outlasted people. I mean, people came in like Martina Hingis. I mean, she was around. She outlasted her, basically put her in retirement. You know, people talk about Maria Sharapova. What, she won five titles? I mean, she's not even in the same stratosphere as Serena is as a player. And she's basically the second most popular. I'm like, come on, come on. You know, what are we talking about here? Are we, are we talking about who's the best? Or are we just wanting to name drop? And again, anytime that you can say one name and everybody knows who you're talking about, I'm going to guess that that person is probably the best in what we're talking about. And everybody knows Serena. So there you go. That would knock down tennis. Now let's move on to some sports you know, we can have some real type of debates about. First one, let's talk about college football. So college football, it, I mean, it goes a long way back. Now, remember, I said post-World War II. So, you know, you got to forget all these teams that were good, you know, all those Notre Dame teams that were good way back when. However, let's think about it a little deeper and get to maybe right around the World War II time. Oklahoma, I mean, in the 50s, was there anybody better? I mean, think about it. Who was better than Oklahoma? I mean, they had two stretches. Well, one, they won 47 games in a row. That was from 53 to 57. But from 48 to 50, they won 31 games in a row. Now, you think about that today. Now, people are going to discount it and say, hey, Brian, that was forever ago. You know, that didn't count. I said post-World War II. So all you that don't know when that was, just look it up. I don't have time to give you a history lesson. So look it up. But the, the fact of it is, is that if that were to happen today, we there wouldn't even be a discussion on if they were the best team ever. There would be zero discussion. But because it happened 70 years ago, 
well, the players weren't as good. I didn't go into saying, I, I'm not comparing errors. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. I didn't bring that up. Now, the next thing that somebody's going to say, but Brian, what about the U? And the U was good. From 84 to 92, they had literally the best football players out there. They just did. And they had another one from 2000 to 2003. But remember, I said sustained. So, and there were some bad U teams in between that time period from 92 to 2000. Some bad teams. So you can't say that it went that whole time period because it did not. And in that run, there were no 47 games, no 31. They, they didn't have all of that. Okay? They weren't doing that. They won titles. Not knocking titles. So, but they didn't have that. So how can you say that that dynasty is better? You can't. You can't. You can talk about the Notre Dame teams. You know, that Notre Dame had a, a, a huge run. You know what? They didn't have those sustained winning streaks. That's what I'm talking about. Sustained excellence. That's what I mean by sustained excellence. You got to have that. You got to have that. We demand it, especially now. We demand it. You can't just be average or winning 10 games, 12 games in a row and saying you're the greatest of all time. We're not trying to hear that in this day and age. Nobody would even come close to talking about that now. So it doesn't matter that it happened 70 years ago, people. Let it go. Let it go. I know, hey, Nebraska, they won three in four years. But, I mean, Tom Osborne, before he won his first one, they were talking about him being the best coach that could never win. He couldn't win the big one. Had all these great teams that could never win it. So that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Sustained excellence. So I'm going OU. I'm going OU. That's my, I mean, unless you can come up with something better and convince me what you're not going to be able to do, you know, they dominated the sport of college football two different times. And it's not like they stunk the, you know, the two years in between. It's not like they were terrible. They just didn't happen to have 31 games in a row or 47 in a row. They were still winning conference championships. So it's not like they were bad in between the time period. The teams that I'm talking about were bad. You know, those Miami teams, they were bad football teams. I mean, bad. So let's move on. One that is another one that, you know, it's, it's really not up for debate. NCAA basketball. I mean, UCLA. I mean, it just is what it is. You know, they won 10 in 12 years. Seven in a row. And they happen to have the best basketball player in, in the history of basketball on one of their teams. And some say the greatest college player on their team in the history of basketball in Bill Walton. Now, I don't believe that, but some make that argument. I mean, and they also had the best coach, John Wooden. Now, there's going to be... People that talk about, well, John Wooden, he cheated. Everybody cheats. We, we've been through this. Everybody cheats. So stop it right there. They all cheat. And, well, he got all the best players. 
Um, excuse me, 75% of college coaching is recruiting. So it's your part of your job to get the guys to your campus. So if that's part of my job description and I do it better than everybody else, then I'm pretty good at what I do last time I checked. So let's move on. I mean, unless, like I said, what are you going to debate? You know, 12 year time period. They won 10, seven in a row. And what do you want to talk about? Duke? I mean, Shashesky. Uh, come on, man. The man's been there 40 years. Was it five title in 40? Come on. What are we talking about? Are we talking about dynasties? Or are we just talking about good programs? Clearly, Duke is a great program. Just like the U is a great program. You know, North Carolina, great program. Kansas, great program. Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky's a great program. I'll say it. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, they're a good program. However, that doesn't make them a dynasty. Does not make them a dynasty. Good program, one thing. Dynasty, another level. Let's move on. Now, let's get into talking about something that we can really talk about. Let's talk about the NBA. Now, the easy thing to say, and maybe it's the correct thing to say, are the Celtics. You look at their history. I mean, and it's, I mean, from a time frame, basically, from 1957 to 1986, they won 16 titles. Now, you can go back and say, well, look at the Lakers and look how many titles the Lakers have won. And they have won just as many. And they probably have had, uh, I mean, it's, again, you're picking your poison on who's had the best players and better players and things of that nature. Uh, I'll always go with the Lakers because, they've got the best player to ever play in Kareem and they got the best point guard to ever play in magic. So I'm always going to side on that. However, the Lakers didn't have the sustained dominance that the Celtics did. I mean, again, sustained excellence. You look at the Celtics. I mean, the Boston Celtics from 57 to 69, they won 11 titles. 11 out of 13. And yeah, they probably had the best team. But they didn't have the best team every year. Now, the majority of those years, yeah, they did. And they won seven in a row. And yes, I get it. Hey, Brian, there was only eight teams then, 10 teams then. Okay. But they kept winning. They kept winning. You know how people get complacent? I mean, this is 2019. Look at Golden State. And I know some guys got hurt. I go, but how many games did they lose during the regular season? I mean, the teams just get complacent after a while if you keep winning. You just do. It's human nature. And the Celtics kept winning. They just kept winning. Again, had a great player of their time, Bill Russell. Had a great coach, Red Arbach. So you, you got to go with the Celtics. I know that's the easy thing to say, but it's the right thing to say. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Come on now. I mean, what are you going to do? Like I said, you can argue the Lakers, but it's not really an argument. That's not a real argument as far as the dynasty goes. They're an outstanding organization. 
you know, but I mean, they're not being run very well right now. I think we'll agree, you know, Jim bust and genie bus and, you know, magic quitting. And, you know, you hired, I mean, it's just, it, it's a nightmare. It's going on right now, you know, however, you know, you take a step back and you look, it's still the Lakers. It's still a great organization, but that's what it is. And that's where it ends when it comes to dynasty. Three-peat, one thing. Yes, they did that. Shaq and Kobe Lakers, they three-peated. But they didn't seven-peat. They didn't 11 out of three, 13 years, Pete. They didn't do anything like that. And even in the 80s, they were the team in the 80s. Went to eight finals. They won five times. Outstanding. But again, the Celtics, they won seven in a row. How do you beat that? How do you compete with that? That's, I mean... And there's other teams, but these are the two. And these are the two that you have to put up there. And it's the Celtics. I could sit here all day and and try to come up with scenarios. And we don't need to do that, people. Come on now. And the bottom line is the Celtics have the biggest NBA basketball dynasty that there is, period. Period. Let's move on. Now, let's talk about the nitty-gritty NFL, baby. Now, there's basically five. There's five that we can talk about. The Packers, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Cowboys. Oh, my goodness. And the Steelers. Woo! The Steelers, baby. So that's who we got. We got the Packers, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Steelers. So when you're dealing with those, you got to break them down. Again, I know the easy thing to do, get out Google. Oh, oh, the Packers have won 13 titles. Hey, I said post-World War II. Okay? So before you send an email, before you even start, post-World War II. Now, let's break them down. After World War II, Packers, they won seven titles. And they won five or seven years. Great. I mean, the Super Bowl trophy, named after their coach. So clearly, he was a great coach. Vince Lombardi. However, does anybody say that anybody that's on the Packers is the greatest player ever? I mean, does anybody at any position, do people say, oh, well, he was the best ever. He was the greatest ever. No, you don't hear that. You do not hear that. So to me, again, I'm not saying they didn't have good players, but they didn't have the best. So to me, that eliminates you from having the best dynasty. Because if you don't have the best players, how can you say that you are the best dynasty? I'm not saying that they couldn't go into one game and win a game. That I, I didn't say that. I'm not saying that that couldn't happen. You heard me earlier say coaching matters. And it does. And in football, you got to have players and you got to have scheme. And scheme is coaching. So... And forget all this about different errors. That's not what I'm talking about. So... I'm not trying to match up errors. I'm just talking. You have never heard anybody say 
that somebody from the 50s or 60s Packers are the greatest to ever play the sport. You have not heard that. Now, you've heard them say the coach was, but not the players. So I'll that we'll just leave them there for now. We're not eliminating anybody yet, but let's, you know, I don't believe that they are, but let's just leave them up here. Let's just leave them in a plateau. Next, we go to the 49ers. Four and nine years. Great coach. Everybody, Bill Walsh, genius. Football genius. Changed the sport. And he did. And you know, if you know me, you know my criteria. Hey, for being the best ever, if you change a sport, then you, in my book, are one of the best ever. I mean, you're changing the way things are done. Changing the way they, I mean, Bill Walsh changed the way that they played offensive football. He just did. You know, people had to adjust to him. He also happened to have some really good players because in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, they have the greatest quarterback to ever play in Joe Montana. A pretty good quarterback in a good old Steve Young. And then what a lot of people believe is the best football player to ever play, not just receiver, the best football player is Jerry Rice. Now, I don't happen to believe that. You know, Lawrence Taylor would be the best football player to ever play. And I'll stick to that until they put me in the grave. When you change a sport and not only make your position important, you make another position important because of you, you're the best. And period. Another day, another topic. However, San Francisco is up there. We'll put them a notch above Green Bay because you have the best players you had the best coach, and you won four in nine years. That's not easy. So dynasty. Now, again, I know they won another one in, you know, they won one in 89 and another one in 94, but there were a couple bad teams in there. I mean, they were good, but they weren't the best team and anything like that and, like, got knocked off in a fluke. I mean, that's five years. So that's that's not a dynasty to me you know, or the best dynasty in between there. That's not a sustain. So we'll take that first one and go from 89 or 81 to 89. And we'll skip the 94, leave that one out. And we'll just take that nine year frame and go with there. We'll put them a notch above Green Bay. Now the next one, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> My goodness. It, I mean, literally, if you could see me right now, you would see blood just dripping from my mouth saying that the damn Dallas Cowboys are a dynasty. I mean, I can barely talk right now. The blood is just rolling out of my mouth by saying that. I, it pains me to no end. The Cowboys are just, but it, I mean, I told y'all we're going to be, we we're going to do facts. We're going to be truthful and, you know. Those Cowboy teams, they were good. I mean, they were good. 92, 93, and 95. They won three and four years. 90, they should have won. I mean, if they'd have kept the coach, if you didn't have an idiot for an owner, if you'd have kept the coach, who knows how many you would have won? You know? Who the heck knows? As far as players, the mainstays, they had five Hall of Famers. Now, Haley wasn't necessarily a mainstay, but he was there. But five Hall of Famers. I mean, Jiminy Christmas. They were good. Very good. Jimmy Johnson. I don't know if Jimmy Johnson was the best X and O guy, 
But as far as putting a football team together, which if in professional football, if you're the coach and your part of your job is to build the team, that's part of coaching is building the team. If that's your job, if you know, if you're given that responsibility, well, who built it better than him? I mean, who built in the modern history, who built a team better than him with those kind of players? You make one trade, you just, I mean, and you parlay that into just, just sheer dominance. And because your glory-seeking owner was a complete idiot and just couldn't let, let it be, you're the owner of the team, man. You didn't put nothing together. What's wrong with you? You don't have to get credit. Just own the team and make the money. Now you want the credit. 26 years later, how's that working out for you, brother? Exactly. Exactly. Supposed to hear. Get out of here. Got to get the credit. And just win. Make the money. Sheesh. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Cowboys. Dynasty. But I'm going to put them below the 49ers. I'm going to put them above Green Bay, but I'm going to put them, slot them below the 49ers. And the reason why is, yeah, they had Hall of Famers, but they didn't have the best. Their coach didn't change the sport. He didn't do that. You know, and they didn't have the best player at a position. They had great ones, but they didn't have the best player. So I'm going to notch them just below the 49ers. And they were battling it out during that time frame anyway. I mean, they were back and forth, back and forth. You know, there were a lot of good teams but those were the best during that time period. And I'm just going to put them just a, just a slot, just a smidge below, just a smidge below. So let's move on. Patriots. I mean, six and 20 years. So you say, Oh, well, Brian, I mean, I thought you said sustain. Well, at 20 years, how many years have the Patriots missed the playoffs? Not been good. Two. And the one year they were 11 and 5 and didn't make the playoffs. I mean, 11 and 5 and didn't make it. So, I mean, it's not like they've been, they've had a bunch of years where they were terrible. I mean, they went a 10 year stretch where they didn't win a title, but they were really, really good. I mean, they didn't, they didn't stink during that time frame. They were still going to AFC championships. You know, they were getting beat, but they weren't bad football teams. Now, they also have what's called the greatest or what some call the greatest quarterback and greatest coaching combination ever. So, and, and I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree. You know, you put them both together and they are the best quarterback coach combo that there is. It's just the facts, just the facts. Can't deny it. And if you do, you're just lying to yourself. And I mean, you're just lying to yourself. I mean, come on now. Let's just be honest. The bottom line with that is, is that they are just, they they came in together. They worked together. I know that here recently they've had some hiccups and people leave and they think it's no fun playing. But man, I'm under, a lot of guys have said it, it's fun to win. You know, I go and, oh, maybe I'm not having a good time and they're they're being mean and, he doesn't make football fun. And hey, but you win. Oh, and by the way, you're not broke. 
I mean, you act like, oh, I'm going here to play. I'm going to play for $8 an hour. Yeah, I'm not having any fun for $8 an hour. That's not what's going on here. Hey, you're playing football, making millions of dollars. And yeah, the man makes it tough, but you know what? Then you go and win. And there are no price tags for winning. Have fun in the offseason. But go win. And that's what they have done. And what puts them way up there on the echelon is free agency. Free agency means that players come and go. Roster constantly turning over. Constantly different. You know, back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, guys stayed on one team. Even in the 90s, guys were on one team. You know, it wasn't until the mid-90s and Jerry Jones, again, couldn't keep his head, you know, his hand out of the cookie jar. Thought that everybody was going to just want to come to Dallas. They'll take, you know, less money. Everybody wants to play for America's team. And he created free agency. Again, how's that working out for you, brother? 26 years later, still counting. So that's what we're talking about here. So the bottom line is, is that Free agency is a is a, a big, big thing now in all sports. But football, because of no guaranteed contracts, I mean, it, it's a constant turnover. I mean, constantly the roster is changing over and over and over every year. The two constants, the coach and the quarterback. And they make it work every year. They make it work every year. And it is the most frustrating thing to no end. We all hate them. We hate them. And I don't hate much. Life is way too short to be talking about how much you hate something, how you hate somebody. You know, life is way too short for that kind of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? I hate the New England Patriots. I hate them. Can't stand them. They just get on my nerves. And you know what they do? They just win. They just win. They have put a dagger in me and all Steeler Nation. They have put a dagger in our hearts for years. And it's just so demoralizing. Because you go into the game knowing we have to play perfect. And they can play their B-plus game. And our we can play the perfect game. And their B-plus game can still beat us. <laughs> Because they got Tom Brady. It is just so demoralizing. So demoralizing. Ugh! I hate him. I digress. I digress. So, looking back, Patriots, free agency, constant turnover. Throw them right at the top. Throw them right at the top. You have to. You just have to. I mean, that's a long dynasty. I know it's six titles. Some have won more. But you know what? With free agency, you, you don't know who's on your team from year. And I mean, you're basically turning over half your roster every year. That is the top dynasty in football. Okay? Now let's go to the Steelers. Let's take a look at what the Steelers have. Four out of six years. They had a great coach. Doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Chuck Noll doesn't get the credit, you know, that he deserves. Chuck Noll was a bad man. Great football coach. 
great football coach, but he doesn't get the credit. And the reason he doesn't get the credit, nine Hall of Famers. Nine Hall of Famers. Now, he helped pick those guys, but they had nine Hall of Famers during their run, during that heyday. You know, and when you have that many, the first thing you're going to say is it's the coaching. That's the first thing. Oh, it was the coaching. No, or you're not going to say it's the coaching. You're going to say it's the players. Excuse me. You're going to say it's the players. It's not the coaching. Well, somebody's got to I mean the best teams, the most talented teams in each sport don't win every year. You know, it doesn't work like that. And the Steelers didn't win every year. Now, no complacency. It can set in. But they had nine Hall of Famers. Chuck Noll could coach. He created defense. You know, they had good football players too. Don't get me wrong. Nine Hall of Famers. I mean, you know. But the Steelers, four out of six years, and the run was actually better than that. I mean, they had to battle the Raiders who were good. You know, Oilers were, were always good. You know, they were bad. I mean, they weren't just playing against the... The Dolphins were good. The Colts, if you can believe it or not, were good. I know that was a long time ago. People are like, oh, not the Indianapolis Colts. That was the Baltimore Colts. And they had kind of fallen off by then. But, you know, there, there were teams out there that were really, really good football teams out there. And the Steelers had to go and beat them and did. And they became that franchise. The Cowboys were good back then. Really good. Really good. And if the Steelers don't beat them twice in the Super Bowl, we're talking about the Cowboys having two separate dynasties. Because the Cowboys would have won another three three Super or two Super Bowls. Or actually three because they won one in the 70s. So they had another three. That's how good the Cowboys were. You think about that. Again, blood dripping down my face as I'm talking about the Cowboys. <laughs> but it's the truth. You know? So it's not like the Steelers beat all these Rudy Poot teams. I mean, they had to go and win some football games, be some good football teams. But they did it. You know, they did it. So you put them right underneath the Patriots. So the top, for me, the top is the Patriots. You just put them up there. You keep them up there. And because of free agency. That's the reason. I don't, there's no other reason other than free agency. Free agency is huge right now. It's huge when you're talking about dynasties. Nobody has sustained success like that during free agency. It's almost impossible. And it would be impossible if not for the Patriots. And there's one reason, the coach slash QB. That's just, it's the coach slash QB. So, I know the baseball, I mean, the Yankees, I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, there's not anybody even close. You know, I know the post-World War II, I go, but the Yankees have dominated since then. I mean, they dominated in the 50s. They dominated in the 60s. They dominated, not necessarily dominated in the 70s, but they were really good in the 70s too. They didn't always win every title but they were good. Now, they sucked in the 80s. All of a sudden, you get yourself a new owner. You know, well, I guess Steinbrenner did own them in the 70s too, but, you know, 
more money started rolling in. Things changed in baseball and the way baseball was done with these t- this TV money and it's New York market. And then they started dominating in the late 90s. I mean, there's nobody close. You know, I didn't forget about them. But is there really any reason to talk about anything other than that when you're talking about dynasties? I mean, the Yankees, the Yankees. In baseball, it's the Yankees. Now you put them all together. And who do you believe is the best dynasty? Well, do you count college basketball and college football compared to pro? Well, we're not comparing the players. We're comparing the dynasties. All right? Just think of that. Not can one team beat another team. That's not what this is about. What dynasty is the strongest? What dynasty can you say, you know what? Nobody can touch this. And to me, out of these, what we've talked about, is Serena. I don't care. It's Serena. Again, these other teams, I get it. They are great. UCLA would be second for me. Boston, third for me. Patriots, fourth. Under the Yankees, because nobody else was even comparable to being how good they were. That's why, I mean, that's why I don't hold them in the highest regard. I know you can say, well, Brian, isn't that the whole definition of a dynasty? No. It, it, I mean, you also have to have to be to be able to be challenged. I mean, the Yankees weren't even challenged. They were that much better. You know, other teams were challenged. It's not like UCLA wasn't challenged. They just had the best player. And the Yankees had the best players, but no, they had all of them. There was nobody else even any good. Just average players. Come on now. So you put them up there, and it's Serena. It's Serena. Serena has dominated since she became good. Or I shouldn't say became good. She was the number one player since 2002. That's when she became number one for the very first time. She's been number one eight different times up to 2017. And like I said, when you win a major and you're eight weeks pregnant, I don't care what anybody says. You are at the top of my list forever. (laughs) Damn what you know. Serena Williams has the best dynasty for me of all time. And that's just the way it is, people. Like I said, 23 majors, countless Olympic gold medals, Doubles titles, just titles in general, tournament titles. And to top it off, eight weeks pregnant, eight weeks pregnant, you win a title. Oh, well, I mean, that's the end of it for me. So, I mean, argue all you want. What man did that? I mean, you know, let's let's just be real about it. What man did that? What man had to overcome that to win a title? I said, oh, hey, you know, you could have had a torn ACL. But you didn't have a baby. <laughs> you didn't have a two-month-old baby on your stomach. <laughs> I don't care what you had to say. So that trumps it all. Free agency, best players. Again, Serena is the best. And she had a major title when she was pregnant. So that's it. Serena Williams, best dynasty of all time. 
I love the feedback that we're getting, people. It is it is fun. This thing is fun. I'm having a really good time responding, putting together topics that you guys are, are begging to hear about. That is absolutely, I, I can't, can't thank you guys enough. Having a ton of fun with doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, don't forget to check us out on all the social media platforms. Um, again, thank you for listening to Let's Talk Ball. Aloha. Aloha. Let's Talk Ball is produced by myself, Brian Hanley, and Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Editing, music, intro, graphic design, cover art are also done by our director of operations, Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Research, fact-checking by myself, Brian Hanley. The Let's Talk Ball podcast is brought to you by the LTB Network.